Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, a Prairie Farm Group is very concerned about the federal government's recently announced sustainable agriculture strategy. Agriculture and Agri-Food Minister Marie-Claude Bebo said the sector needs to work together to develop a roadmap to improve the sector's environmental performance. Western Canadian Wheat Growers President Gunter Yohum will share what is most worrying to his organization about the process. Bill C-21 in its recent amendments will criminalize Saskatchewan residents. That according to Ray Orb, the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. He says Bill C-21 does nothing to target the illegal use of firearms instead It targets lawfully licensed firearm owners and their legally acquired firearms. After the break, Gunter Yohum. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. The Western Canadian wheat grower is at a very strong reaction to the announcement that the federal government would start consultations aimed at providing a coordinated approach, in its words, to improve the agriculture sector's environmental performance and sustainability. Gunter Yohom is president of the Wheat Growers Group. So, Gunter, explain what your concerns are surrounding this sustainable agriculture strategy. Well, for one, uh, nobody has been able to define the term sustainability. Uh, I know how I define it on my farm. I mean, uh, Uh, My dad was farming. Uh, We moved to Canada in 1980, bought a small farm. Uh, I've grown that farm since I started farming here. Our daughter came back to the farm from an industry job and uh, has been farming with us for the last four years. Uh, And uh, she loves it and she's excited about the future. And that to me is sustainability. When a farm is is uh continues going forward for decades and i think government regulation is not the way to keep things sustainable it actually adds cost right so whether it's the carbon tax whether it's a fertilizer emission reduction based on flawed numbers um that that type of stuff is not sustainable to me. So regardless of your feelings about this uh, strategy, your group still plans to be involved in the consultations? Well, if we grow as plans, we we will definitely make submissions, and I think we can make submissions until the end of March. Uh, We are also at the table, so to speak, uh, through Grain Growers of Canada, which is at the table itself. Uh, so, yes, we won't be sitting by idly. We will definitely make submissions. And um, um, I, I just hope that the industry and the few farmers at the table will be listened to because there's also uh, NGOs and special interest groups at this table, which, which is kind of baffling because uh, it is, how how is it that they have such huge input what happens at the farm gate that that's what's baffling and and really troubling 
Now, the federal carbon tax is going up again on January 1st. How do you see this tying in with the sustainable strategy? It will go up by another 30% from $50 a ton to $65 a ton. And it it just goes to show that the government is going through with being not truthful. When when they first brought out the carbon tax, they said it wouldn't go past $50. And now we are uh, assured that it will go to $170 a ton. And at $50 a ton, that costs my farm anywhere from 12 to $15 per acre, which is a huge hit to my sustainability. By the time it gets to $170 a ton, if my farm stays at that 3,000 acre level, this, this will be close to $150,000 hit on my farm. And trust me, that will make me very, very unsustainable. Not only that, it that carbon tax does add incrementally to food inflation. Now, food inflation is uh, you know is caused by many factors, and we don't need a government to add to it through a carbon tax or other regulations that they are trying to impose at farmers and onto farmers. So you're primarily skeptical about the. reduction in fertilizer emissions remaining voluntary then? Absolutely. It is is very suspect. Again, back to the carbon tax, they said 50 and then changed your mind, put it to 170. The ag minister in her office has said, no, no, all this reduction, all these regulations coming down, their goals and the goals are voluntary. However, talking to crop insurance and uh, other government programs that are out there. The government has also said that climate change goals will be directly related to insurance, whether it's crop insurance or other cap programs available to farmers. So in other words, unless you do as the government suggests, you will not be eligible or uh, the price for you to be able to insure your crops, your, your crops and fields will go up substantially. And so to me, where is that voluntary? That is not voluntary at all. So is the minister lying? I, I, I know I could get in trouble for saying the minister is lying. I'm just questioning. I, I would like an explanation. It uh, it's really troubling when when you hear the minister say one thing and then actions speak speak a different tone. So as you mentioned, you're going to be involved in this process, but uh, you're also interested in hearing from producers as well. Absolutely, and we will uh, make our submissions. Uh, The submissions can be made until March 31st. Uh, We're also at the table through Grain Growers of Canada. We're a member of Grain Growers of Canada. Uh, You can be rest assured that wheat growers will not sit idly by. And and I encourage our members to let their voices be heard. Uh, Give us a call, email us with any suggestions that you have, 
and we will be sure to uh, pass that on. Gunter Johum is the president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. After the break, the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, Ray Orb, speaks on changes to a bill regarding guns. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Federal amendments to Bill C-21 has firearm owners like hunters and farmers upset. With me is Ray Orb, the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. And Ray, your organization is concerned that this bill goes too far uh, as a lot of hunters and farmers own those semi-automatic long arms and handguns for a reason. Well, we've been watching the uh, the bill uh, right from the onset, and uh, we've had we had some concerns with the bill, and we we did note that the uh, that the handgun uh, uh, freeze was uh, was imposed, and uh, we had concerns about that. And all along, we've been reassured by the federal government that it would not affect hunters uh, or, or ranchers, the farmers that had uh, firearms uh, used for the, for purposes on their farms or, or for hunting. But now we see that there are amendments that have been proposed that do exactly that. They affect farmers, uh, ranchers in this province that use uh, uh, hunting rifles, uh, you know, shotguns to be able to protect their livestock, but also uh, hunting and, and the same for, for hunters in this province. And really overnight what they're doing is uh, you know, criminalizing uh, uh, hunters uh, that are that are legal gun owners, and we don't think that's proper. We think the government should reconsider those amendments. So, would you agree then that uh, SARM's biggest concern is around the semi-automatic guns and hunting? Well, th- these amendments are in uh, in in particular are to do with the uh, with rifles and shotguns that can be used for hunting. And uh, many hunters have them for a reason because they've had them probably for several years. Uh, they're familiar with those guns. Many of those hunters would have taken hunter safety uh, courses using those uh, using those rifles or shotguns. So they're very familiar with them and, uh, you know, they're very accurate and uh, they are, uh, they're good at, uh, at getting the, uh, the game that they're, that they're searching for. So, because they'd be familiar with those guns, they are they are uh, licensed through uh, through a, uh, a possession acquisition license. So they are legal gun owners. So they are not the ones that should be targeted by the federal government. Instead, you know, we feel that the federal government should be going after illegal gun owners or people that are bringing guns in illegally uh, from uh, outside the country, and uh, they could be spending their mother their money, uh, you know, in much better ways. Now, your board has been discussing this issue in depth, and I understand you want to have further conversations then with the Chief Firearms Registrar in Saskatchewan? Well, because there are, there are many uh, gun owners in this in this province, I'm sure we're going to be hearing from a lot of them in the rural areas of the next, uh, in the next while, but uh, also um, our board will um, most likely decide to uh, pursue this, um, you know, politically. Uh, the House of Commons, you know, there is an opposition to this. Uh, I know we know that the Conservative government is opposed to it. I'm, I'm thinking there may be other members, uh, you know, in the uh, House of Commons that are also against it. The Senate is also uh, an entity where we, the entity where we we can pursue uh, opposition to this. However, I think these are uh, regulations, so uh, the minister himself is the one we need to talk to on this issue, and that's uh, Minister Mendocino.
But it certainly sounds like you're expecting even more opposition to these federal changes. It's very frustrating because we've been told uh, all along by federal government, especially ministers. We we met with Minister Blair uh, not too many years ago when he was uh, in that position that uh, Minister Mendocino is, and he reassured us that um, they were not targeting legal gun owners in Saskatchewan. They were not targeting ranchers, farmers, or hunters. But now it seems the federal government is is doing exactly that. And so I think we're going to see huge pushback uh, from our province. I noted that our province has already issued some statements on the opposition of these amendments. So I think we'll be hearing a lot more about this in the near future. Ray Orb is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. Here are some of the agriculture stories from the week of December 12, 2022. Egypt and some other Middle Eastern countries are buying wheat from Russia at bargain prices. A large portion of the wheat was grown in Russia, which had an excellent crop this year. However, there are also reports indicating some of the wheat was stolen from Ukraine and resold. The author of a report about grain contracts says a standard, easier-to-understand contract is required to avoid problems that arose in 2021 when a widespread drought resulted in significant delivery penalties. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture said current contracts are heavily tilted in favour of the buyer. She said it appears the grain companies are not in a big hurry to develop a standard grain contract. Borsch said government legislation should only be considered as a last option because it can take a very long time. Plans for a new $400 million soybean crush plant at Grand Forks, North Dakota have been released. Epitome Energy LLC said the new facility should process upwards of 42 million bushels of soybeans per year and is projected to strengthen the basis for soybeans by 20 to 25 cents per bushel. The company is eyeing a potential market in the Canadian hog industry, with soybean meal considered a suitable source of protein for hogs. The project is expected to break ground in the summer of 2023, with operations anticipated to begin in the fall of 2025. Farm Credit Canada awarded $1.5 million to 85 community projects across the country. The manager of community investment, Carla Warnica, said the funds are provided through the FCC AgriSpirit Fund for many worthwhile projects. Warnica says FCC is dedicated to Canadian agriculture and food and supportive of rural communities that many of its customers and employees live in. Edmonton will soon be the home of a new company aimed at stopping meat from going bad. Invest Alberta held an event in Hong Kong to announce Ixon Foods Technologies' decision to open an office in the province's capital. The company claims to have developed a packing method that allows meat to be stored at room temperature for as long as two years without refrigeration or preservatives. It's believed this move will create around 20 jobs and also contribute roughly $10 million towards Alberta's economy. And the Winnipeg MP, who served as Canada's Trade Minister and as a representative of the Prairies in Cabinet, has passed away. Jim Carr had battled multiple myeloma and kidney failure since 2019, which included receiving dialysis treatments, chemotherapy and a bone marrow transplant, all while serving as an MP. 
Carr was the Liberals' Minister of International Trade Diversification from 2018 to 2019, during which the CPTPP trade deal was ratified. He was named the Prime Minister's Special Representative for the Prairies in 2021. Carr was 71. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.